So I wanted to give an announcement also. Uh, we're gonna, we got a special speaker in the second service today. There's a guy named Alejandro Ruz. He's a, chi- a guy from Chile. And uh, the thing that's awesome about it, well, he's an awesome guy. He really is. He's a real uh, pastoral, gifted person, really. But he was, uh, there's a revival starting in Chile. And I heard him sharing some of the things that were happening there. And when he was sharing them, it gave me so much hope for our nation. I mean, it really, I got this hope in me because um, he was, a couple of things he was sharing uh, that really stuck out to me was, one was um, mayors of cities, which they're mayors of counties there, are inviting the church in, in and giving, offering the keys to the, to the county or keys to the city, so to speak, to the church, but really they're offering it to the Lord. That's, they're, they're so hungry for God to move there that government officials are, are asking for the, for the body of Christ to come and minister and say, and we want to we give this to the Lord. Uh, another thing, they had an all-night prayer meeting in the stadium. Okay, I'm not talking about a preaching thing or a healing service. A prayer meeting, and thousands of people could not even get into the stadium. That's pretty significant. That's a hunger getting birthed in people. So there's a real thing happening there. Marlon was telling me that uh, Jason Westerfield, who's a young prophetic guy, had prophesied uh, back earlier in the year or sometime that there would be an earthquake in Chile, and which it happened in March. Jim was actually down there then. But what God was doing in the earthquake, he was breaking a principality off that nation. Okay? And there would be a, a revival that would start in that nation because of the powers and principalities, had been, their grip had been broken over the nation. And so that's really what's beginning to happen there, which is so exciting because they're responding to what God is doing, the nation is. And I believe we will come as a nation to that point sometimes. Hopefully there'll still be something left here. By the, you know, I mean, it seems like God has, you know, fired warning shot after warning shot across the bow of the United States of America. And we, you know, we've got a big one down there on the Gulf Coast right now that God's just trying to get our attention. And, but we're not listening yet. But I believe we will. And I believe there'll be a move of God in America that's going to be significant and powerful. and uh, So I'm excited about Alejandro coming, um, and I think he's going to impart something. I think he's going to give us something. And another good thing about it, he's an open door for us also to be able to go to Chile. And, and so we, are, we have an open door to be able to go to Chile now and receive uh, what God's doing down there. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that a wonderful thing? So if you can stay over to the second service, it would be great. Um, if you could, if you can't, well, you can buy. That doesn't matter where you're at. If you if you end the God, He can get to you where you're at. Amen. <laughs> yeah, well, it'll be on the website. But I do believe there's an. Uh, in fact, another friend of mine called me this morning who knew nothing about Alejandro, and he said the Lord gave me a word for you guys this morning. God is going to give you something new today. So I thought, hmm. And then he said, "You want me to come out and preach?" I said, "No." <laughs> so I'm excited. And, uh, hey, we need you to stay over to the second service, at least part of it, can you? Serena, I'm looking at you. You're going to Argentina. <laughs> I told you I'm going to give you a hard time now. You're going to get used to me. But we're going to be praying for people who are leaving. Huh? Selena. What did I say, Serena? It's a, Serena, Selena, you know. Yeah, help, help them, Lord. But uh, we're going to be praying. There's, uh, I think, 11 people going to Argentina Monday. Uh, the fortunes, you need to stay over, get prayer. 
if you can. I mean, it's not no law or nothing. You know, we'll pray for you whether you stay or not. You know, but uh, we're expecting the Lord to do a lot of good stuff down there. I'm really excited about going. Uh, we got a great schedule. Um, it's just going to be a really good time. And Ken gave a word. I don't know if he thought he was giving a word, but he gave a word to me the other day. He said two rivers are going to merge. And so the river that they've had for years in Argentina and the river we have, they're going to come, they're going to become one river. And they're going to, there's a really a real sharing of, of uh, you know, DNA, spiritual DNA down there that they have, that we have. It's just in, from another country, another uh, gene pool, so to speak. But it's going to come, there's something going to happen. It's going to be good. Not only down there, but it's going to affect us. I believe, because I feel like the Lord told me, is you're going to go down there and give something, but you're going to receive something. There's an impartation you're going to get there. And I'm, I think always that happens, but when God tells you that's going to happen, you should be expecting a little bit more than the norm. Amen? So I'm excited. Thank you, Jesus. So anyways, I'm going to give you a little message this morning. I'm going to read uh, Genesis 3, 4 through 5, and I want to just talk to you briefly about this. And this is really something good I'm working on that God's been... I've been working on this for years. Actually, God's been working in my life for years on this, and it's starting to come really into fullness in my life. And this, so this is a piece of this. And it has to do with identity, okay? Uh, it says the serpents, this is back in the day, back in the way back in the day, the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. This, and he was challenging her about trying to get her to eat the tree of good and evil. For God knows in the day that you eat, it, eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And so we sort of know the rest of the story. That was the downfall of man. It's when man partake of this tree called the knowledge of good and evil. And from that point on, mankind began to live out of his fallen nature. So uh, yesterday, I was laying on the couch just meditating on this question. And this is an old question. You've probably heard messages preached or people said these two, two, two basic questions of life, who am I, okay, and why am I here? Anybody ever heard that before? Who am I and why am I here? Well, I was sitting there meditating on that, and something happened. And I'm going to tell you, this is the truth, that this is the honest truth. I'm not lying to you. I was laying on my couch. We have hardwood floors in our, in our living room, and I heard something. Listen to this. Did you all hear that? There was a dime, this was a quarter, I did, used a quarter on purpose. There was a dime that fell out of the air onto the floor. I know that's weird. It was weird to me. I'm laying there, nobody else is in the house. There's nobody around me, there's nothing anywhere there in between me and where this dime suddenly falls and hits the floor. It was, it was like, what? Now dimes mean something to me. Okay, God uses, has used dimes in my life for years. Many times in my life, I can really be praying about something. Uh, like I remember one time I was really praying about something that was real near and dear to my heart, real personal, in China Grove. And I opened the door. I was in a parking lot of, a, of Gary's restaurant, a barbecue restaurant. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's a pretty good restaurant. But I was burdened about something going on in my life that was painful to me and I was really crying out to the Lord and I opened my door and as I did I looked on the ground right there where I was fixing to step my foot on the ground and there was a dime there and I knew the Lord was saying as an answer I've answered your prayer I've, 
I've found dimes in places many times where God was saying, I'm going to move in that place. I've given people words in this church because I found a dime on the seat. And I said, whoever's going to sit there, the Lord has a word for them. And you give the word, and the word's exactly right on. So God uses a dime in my life. I didn't bring my dime. It's at home. That dime came from heaven. And I believe the Lord really wants to release something to people concerning their identity. Okay? Your identity in Christ. Uh, and we've heard that before, and that's, you know, God wants to give us a creative way of communicating that to people because, you know, you can hear something that doesn't connect with you. You know, I heard messages for years on the love of God that never really connected with me, you know, until the Holy Spirit made it connect. And you understand what I'm saying, but um, what I've seen is this. There's a, if, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but there's a pandemic. You know what a pandemic is? There's a pandemic in the body of Christ, of marriage is failing. There really is. It is everywhere. I've run into people in grocery stores, Christians that, that I haven't seen in years, weeping in the stores to me because of their marriage. I'm talking about they've been married for 20-something, 20, 30-something years. I know pastors whose marriage has suddenly dissolved or they're fighting for their marriage. So there's something going on. And one of the common things in every one of these situations that I personally know about it ha- I, when I talk to the person and I listen to the person, part of the issue is, is, is one of those people in that marriage, they're living out of their fallen nature. They, they never really found out who they really were. They lack a true identity of themselves. And because they lack that true identity of themselves, they're, they're trying to find something. Okay? They're trying to find something that they cannot find. Okay? They're, they're looking for something. It's, it's, you see what I'm saying? They're looking for something that's out there because they don't, they've never settled in their heart who they really are. They've never settled in their heart what they really are and why they're really here. And so they're looking. I'm honest, this is the truth. I have seen uh, 30-year-old people acting like teenagers again because they're going back to something, searching for something in their life. There's something missing in their life. It's the truth. And I tell you what, it's, it's because of a lack of identity. It's because they, they haven't answered that question. Who am I? The long story short is only God can tell you who you are. You know, only God can, and you really get it. But if you, if you notice in the Bible, uh, God would uh, strategically change people's names. Okay? Like Abram became Abraham. See, that was strategic. God was speaking identity. Ab- Abram, you're not Abram. You're Abraham. This is who you really are. Jacob, you're not Jacob. You're Israel. That's who you really A Saul, you're not Saul, you're Paul. Uh, Simon Bar-Jonah, son of son of Jonah, you're not that, you're Peter. All those things really meant something from heaven's perspective. Okay? And he would even change, there's, there's cities that have name changes in the Scripture. You really study it. It's like it was called this in one place, you know, like Bethel and Luz, but a lot of people don't know this, are the same place. Uh, there's just different things that happen. And, and it's all that significant that God wants to release identity to people. And God is on a mission to release our true identity to us because we will never succeed in our life apart from that. We will never live the full life that God has designed for us. People are trapped in sin and trapped in loss in their life because they don't know who they really are. People are living in insecurities because they don't really know who they really are. People do bad things because they don't really know who they are. Uh, let me just read this little 
scripture here that's been meaningful to me. And if you really begin to study the scripture, okay, if you really study it and you'll find this theme, it began right here. The identity theme began in the garden because we got our identity stolen from us. Identity theft. The enemy stole our identity and we begin to go downhill because we started living from a false identity. We started living and so people, oh man, see we all are living in many ways. As believers, we're living from our fallen nature. Okay, we really are. Many of us are living from our fallen nature. We're not living the way God designed us to live. We're not believing, you know, and, and functioning the way God has called, us, has called us to function. And God has really called us to live from heaven, from the spiritual world. Uh, but the fall calls us to live from here, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, where we're getting all our information from this world. And that's death and destruction. That's death and destruction. I know that's death and destruction. Because when I live from this world, death and destruction is what happens in my life. I begin to fail. I begin to get disappointment. I begin to get discouraged. But when I connect there, nothing in my life can change. All the circumstances can stay the same. All the problems can stay the same. They can be, and even get new ones and piled on top of the ones. But if I'm living from there, I see it different. I'm not discouraged. I'm not disappointed. I'm not messed up. Because I'm not getting my information from here no more. I'm getting it from here, from there, even though that information is coming at me. But I'm making a choice. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna get it from Him. And God has designed us to live like that, but you will not be able to do that on a consistent level. And I'm not saying I do that all the time, but I am telling you this. That's one of my main goals in my life. Is I'm gonna live from the Spirit. I'm gonna walk from the Spirit. And I'm not gonna live like every other, everybody else is living. I'm not going to live like the world, and I'm not going to live like the majority of the body of Christ does. I've made that choice in my life. I don't care if nobody else does it. That's what I'm going to do. I, and that's my heart's desire is, Lord, I want to live from being seated with Christ in the heavenly places. And my life is, my view of life is from there, not from here. But the only way, I found this out, the only way you can do that, there's only one way, is for you to come into this revelation of who you are. Okay, and only person that can tell you who you are is him. Nobody told uh, Peter that he was Peter on this earth, that he would get it. But when God said, when Jesus Christ said, you're, you're not going to be Simon, which means unstable, it means read, it means the un, an unstable person, a flippant person, you're going to become something else. You're going to become a solid man. God spoke that into Peter. When he said, that's who you are, you're not what your mama named you. you. You hear what I'm saying to you? I'm excited about this because I believe this is a, like a root thing in all of our lives. And I, I've realized this talking to people who are suffering this marriage thing. I realize this. I could fix your marriage for you if you could get this revelation. It's real easy. You know? Because all the things you're saying are just fruits of something worse off in you. You know? Well, I couldn't fix their marriage, but Jesus could. Jesus in me could. The Holy Spirit in me, and that's how God likes to work, is through. through. But people have to decide that, decide they want that. So, uh, Proverbs twenty-five twenty-eight. This is a very important scripture. Are y'all okay? 
Oh, there's a lot to all this, believe me. This, today, this is just a little piece of this message. That, you know, I've found bunches of stuff in the Scripture. I mean, there's a pile of stuff in the New Testament about this, but it doesn't jump out at you because they don't use the term identity. They don't use the term significance. They don't, all that stuff that we use, they don't use it in the Bible, but it's in there. Okay? He, whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. Okay, now listen, listen to this. In the ancient days, in the, in the Old Testament days, a city without walls was in bad shape. It had no boundaries around it. Anybody could come into that city and do whatever they wanted to. They were, there was no protection. There was no security. There was really no true identity or nearly no true legitimacy of that city. That's why in Nehemiah, when Nehemiah heard the report... When the people came to him, he asked the people, what, how, how's things going in Jerusalem? And they, they said, the walls are broken down. That was the first thing they said. The walls are down. You know, that was destro- that destroyed. They didn't, he wasn't even thinking about a palace. He wasn't even thinking about commerce. He was thinking about the walls are broken down. You know, that was the thing. And when Nehemiah wept over that because he knew this city really didn't, Jerusalem had no true identity. Jerusalem had, and people could come into Jerusalem and do what they wanted to do and influence Jerusalem. And that's the way a lot of Christians are. They, they, they have no control over their spirit because they don't know who they really are. And people can come into their lives and walk out of their lives. People can say things, people can influence them, people can lead them astray. And they're insecure, they're always comparing themselves to other people all the time. And they're on this constant search in their hearts all the time. To be something, to, to, to come into something. And, and they, they think, if, if, if I could just do this, or if I could just have this relationship, or if, if that person would just like me, you know, if this person would just give me attention, everything would be different. And it won't be. It, those people could tell you a million times a day how wonderful you are and give you all the attention in the world, but it's like drinking water. In the morning you're going to wake up thirsty again. Because that can't satisfy the thirst. Only God can satisfy that thirst. Only God can give you and build your life where there's a boundary around you. Okay? Where He builds a boundary around you. And He says, this is who you are. And that's really what the body of Christ desperately needs right now. Or we're going to start acting like something we're not. Are y'all... Are y'all, y'all so these kinds of people are, are there's a, like a, they're always trying to be accepted. Have you ever noticed that some people are always they're striving to be accepted? There's a strife that gets in them just to be accepted by everybody else around them. Now let me say this: the Bible tells us in Ephesians that we've been made accepted in the beloved. In other words, God has created when we got came into Christ, He made us accepted in the beloved. Meaning, this is what this is one of the things it's saying: it's important that you feel accepted by other people. And that you feel esteemed by other people. And you feel loved by other people. That is important. That is God's something created us for. But that is down the list. In other words, if you're being accepted and being loved by other people is on the top of your list, the thing that's going to really help you, you've made a terrible mistake. It's not going to work. Okay? It's not going to work. If, but if God, if you being knowing and coming into the revelation that God accepts you, that God loves you, that God says this is who you are, once you get that settled with God, you can settle it with the people. Because you're going to get dishonored in this life. What was that Bill Johnson said this week? He said something like that. I can't remember. He said it was really cool. 
No, he's talking about being honored. He said God created the local church as a place where you can do ministry and not be honored because you need something like he said it's something. Yes, exactly right, because Jesus went to his hometown and was not honored. And what Bill was trying to say is you've got to learn how to live with dishonor. You've got to learn how, because you can never really be honored until you learn how to be dishonored. Okay? I, the Lord told me one time, Byron, this is the truth about you. Until you learn how to live with rejection, you will never learn how to live with acceptance. You're going to have to be rejected by people before you can, I can ever trust you for people to accept you and love you and esteem you. That was a hard lesson to learn because you're going to get some harsh re- rejection. It's hard to be rejected. But that's an important lesson to learn. But the, but the more important thing is this, is coming to this revelation that the Father loves you, accepts you, and says, this is who you are. Can I read that scripture to you again? I think I've read to you 9,000 times. But this is the scripture that will change your life if you really get it. I'm talking about if you really get it. If you just read it in the Bible, it won't help you. It really won't. Because I've read this scripture hundreds of times before God revealed it to me. It says it is Mark 1. How'd you know? You shouldn't know this. I love this scripture. I can never get enough of this. I really can't. It's like I just, I always go back to it. I keep going back to it over and over in my life. It's like, come on, get up some new revelation here, Lord. Give me something new. This is, this is four years old now for me. I mean, but I keep living off of it. It keeps feeding me. It keeps speaking to me. It came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth, Galilee, and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw heaven's part. That's the heaven, that's the beginning of the open heaven, you know, that Jesus carried about himself on the earth. Uh, he was the original open heaven. And then at the cross later, he opened heaven for everybody. Because, as I've said this before, that word heaven's parted or heaven's open, it literally means it was ripped open. same word was used when the veil of the temple was ripped open from the top to the bottom. The only two places it appears in the New Testament. So Jesus ripped heaven open. And he walked around and enjoyed that himself. And people who were around him were getting in on it. But later, he ripped it open for everybody. So we all have access to an open heaven. But here's the key about the, the most important thing there is about the open heaven is, you know, it says the heavens were parted, the Spirit descended on him like a dove. That's a, another issue. Then a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. You, that, see, Jesus got his identity right there as a human being on this earth. He got his identity from God. Because he was going to need it because he was going to get rejected. He was going to get put down. He was going to get killed. He was going to get lied to. He was going to get murdered. He needed somebody bigger than people to tell him, this is who you are. Because it's going to be challenged hard. I'm telling you this. And that's what we had to do. We've got to get this from God the Father. The Father has to say, this is who you are. This is what I've told my sons. I told one of them anyway. I told the other one, one day you need to hear this too. Is the best thing you can do for your children is tell them who they are. You give them identity because if you don't give them girls identity, some boy out there is going to try to give them identity. And you don't want that boy giving them identity. You give them their identity. You let them know who they are. Then they can live their life out and walk their life out of the identity that you as a father have imparted to them. And they ain't got to worry about Joe Blow out there wanting to get in bed with your daughter one day because the daughter knows who she is. I'm sorry to say that happens. Y'all forget what I just said. Erase it from your little minds. Okay? But I'll tell you this. That's the key revelation for us as believers. 
I'm just telling you that that will change your entire life, that one revelation. It's when you hear the Father say, Byron, this is who you are. I'm telling you who you are. That changed Peter's life. When Peter got there, it didn't happen instantly. It is a process, and there's more. I could give you more in Peter's life on how he came more into that who Jesus said he was. There were some other things that had to happen. There was some healing that had to happen. There was some deliverance that had to happen. There were some things that needed to be made right in his heart that weren't made right in his heart. In other words, God can speak that to you. You can begin to live it and believe it. There's some adjustments that he has to come in and make so that can fully take place in his life. So that's the, that's the thing that carried Jesus on this earth is the revelation that he was a beloved son and he was accepted not based on anything he had done. Period. Period. Because at that point in time, Jesus didn't have a ministry. At that point in time, Jesus was a guy that was coming into what God had for him. And you better not come into what God has for you without getting that revelation because it will destroy you. You don't need to come into great success in, in the kingdom of heaven without knowing who you are. Well, the first thing that happened to Jesus, we all know this, is the Bible says that this wonderful dove of the Spirit that rested on him drove him into the wilderness. And the devil comes to him, and the first thing he says to him is this, if you're the Son of God. You see what I'm saying? The enemy's always going to go after that. Uh, somebody said recently, I don't know who said it, they said the devil always attacks what God says. That's true. He will always attack what God said to you. But even more so, he's going to attack when God begins to speak identity to you. Even more so, he's going to go after your identity. Okay? So the devil went after Jesus. If you're the Son of God, command these bread. You know, went through that whole deal with him. Jesus just didn't go for it. Don't you love how Jesus is? He just didn't. You know, this is one thing he did that I was reading today. This is something he did today when I was, I was reading about. It's in Mark 10. He went, and, he went into this place called Dalmutha. Sound like a dog, right? Like a Dalmatian. Well, this is a town. And it says the Pharisees begin to dispute with Jesus. Okay? And say, give us a sign. You know what Jesus did? He left. He just turned around, got back in the boat, and left. I'll see y'all guys later. <laughs> I mean, he didn't talk to them. He, he just said, oh, he just said, oh, y'all just messed up, man. Y'all, this ain't right. Bye. He didn't waste his time with them. Another time, you know what he told his disciples about the Pharisees? I don't know why I'm telling you this. Just leave them alone. Just leave them alone. In other words, he just didn't mess with them. You know, that's the way he was about that the religious thing. He just forget it. I'm not messing with y'all. I don't have nothing to say to y'all. Y'all not going to hear it. I'm, y'all not going to listen. We need to sort of take take that revelation. So, anyways, back to this open heaven. See, to me, that is the main thing, the main thing about an open heaven. I can tell you this. I can tell you if you're really having an open heaven lifestyle, it's that. Do you have security? Do you have identity? Do you know who you really are? Okay? Are you, are you on the search for it? It's a good thing to be on the search for it. Okay? But I'm going to tell you, the search ultimately is going to lead you to Him. I did it for years. You know, I lived in insecurity for years. I lived in a false identity for years. But when I heard the Father say those words to me in the way He said it to me, Okay, everything in my life changed that moment. It was literally like these blinders fell off my eyes. And I saw myself for who he said I was. Okay, and suddenly it just didn't matter to me what anybody else really thought. And suddenly it just didn't really matter to me whether I was successful or failure in this life. That was not even my issue anymore. 
none of that was. It's, I just didn't care about that. And all I cared about, this is who I'm going to be. I'm going to be this. I'm going to live this. And I'm going to tell you, the enemy has gone after me over and over and over and over with that. And by the grace of God, he lets me recognize, he's just going after your identity. Don't give it to him, because if you give it to him, he's got it, because you own that identity. Whatever you give to the devil, whatever you own, whatever you truly own, you can give away. Y'all know that? Remember, that's Arthur Burke's little saying, you've got to own to disown. In other words, he's talking about something bad in your life. In other words, if you've got sin in your life, the only way you can get rid of that sin is own that you have it. Yes, I have sinned. Now I can get rid of it because I own that I've done it. Now, I, that's, that's helped me a lot in my Christian life. But you can do it also in a positive sense. In other words, um, let me just show you this because this is important. I own these sunglasses. Actually, these really are my sunglasses. They're not Becky's. She just wears them. She gave them to me. She bought them in South America three years ago and didn't like them and gave them to me. Now she took them back from me. But I own them. I own these sunglasses. Therefore, I have the authority to do what I want to with these sunglasses. Okay? So I can give them back to Becky and say, you can have the sunglasses, honey. They're yours. But I couldn't do that if I really didn't own them. Okay? You've got to own your identity. Whoever your identity is, whatever it is, own it when God speaks to you there. And don't give it away. Don't give it away when, the, when your circumstances tell you something opposite. Don't give it away because your circumstances are going to tell you something. That's why I said you've got to live out of heaven. If you just live here on earth, you're going to give it away every time. It's the truth. And so I found myself giving away my identity, beat up, messed up in my mind. Just tore up. And the Lord said, Byron, you're living from the wrong place. If you'll get back and live from here, then you won't give it away. If you'll live from an open heaven. Because it's there for us. I'm telling you it is. And we had to make a determination. We had to make a decision in our heart. We're going to live from that and not from all this other trash. Because you live from this world, you will be defeated as a Christian, Period. No wonder your marriage is going to fail. No wonder your friendships are going to fail because you're not living from the right place. How can it not be? You're living from your fallen nature. Well, when Christ speaks to you, when Jesus Christ, when the Father speaks to your identity, that is not a fallen nature. That's who you really are. Jacob became Israel. Okay? Jacob became Israel. Simon Bar-Jonah became Peter. And... He began to live out of this new identity. This is really important. All right, I'm about done. Are you good? So God's on this mission to help us discover our identity, legitimacy, and birthright. Identity, legitimacy, and birthright. Because all three of those together, together. You will not ever feel legitimate in this life until you begin to get your identity. Then you can begin to see your birthright as a Christian, as a believer. A birthright says this. A birthright says you have access to what the family has. That's what a birthright is. Birthright says you have an inheritance. Birthright says you have access to things that people outside the family don't have. Right? And God has a lot of stuff. You see what I'm saying? If you really want to begin to access what He has for you, I'm talking about really. I'm not talking about this halfway junk. You've got to beat your brains out to get it and fast for 40 weeks. And I mean, all this crazy stuff, you know. I'm not against fasting. I do do it sometimes. <laughs> as little as possible. I have to do this, Lord. Can I do it any other way? Because I'm hungry. 
It's a good thing because Jesus did say when you fast. But I'm talking about sometimes we're trying to get something that's already given to us. Get your identity. You become legitimate. Then you can begin to access your birthright. You can begin to access the storehouses of heaven that he has for you. So when things get rough, when things fall apart around you. You know, I think one of the things that's happening right now, that's happening in, in, with the body of Christ, I think the mercy of God's being released. And I'll tell you why. Because I think worse things are going to come on a bigger picture. So God's trying to help us get things right in our hearts now. So when the bigger, worse stuff that's going to be bigger than any individual calamity that any of us could face, we're going to be settled, we're going to be grounded in Him. And we'll be able to deal with those types of things. Are y'all with me? All right, well, let me read this last scripture to you. I love all this stuff. It'll change your life. I'll tell you that right now. It's a, it's, in lots of ways, it really is a cure-all. And it'll fix, if you could get this, it'll fix a lot of your problems. In other words, you're not trying to fix something that it fixed itself because you fixed really the real problem. Y'all, are y'all following that? It's like going to the root of the issue. It's like going to the root. Let's get the root fixed. If we can fix the root, the fruit will be okay. The tree will be fine. But if we, don't, if we just keep messing with the fruit, trying to make it look better, trying to make it better, it's not going to be. But if we can make this fruit, this root right, the whole thing's going to be right. I'm into that. That's easier. All right, this is a great scripture here. Uh, 2 Samuel 12, 24 through 25. Uh, now, this is right after, remember David did all this crazy stuff. He fell in love with this woman. He saw her naked on the roof and just got really crazy. I mean, just got crazy. You know, he went from being one of the great kings to all of a sudden he had this, you know, his mind just fell apart there for a season and wound up, you know, having her husband killed, basically murdering her husband, you know, doing all this bad stuff. And then she gets pregnant. Remember? This is back, and she has this baby and the baby's sick and the baby's, you know, and David's just before the Lord and calling out to God and praying God heal the baby. And it's one of the great stories in the Bible. And the baby dies. Then David just gets up. Man, God, I'm hungry. Give me something to eat. I'm taking a bath. And everybody, what's wrong with you, baby? You know, why do you change, man? The baby's dead. Well, the baby's gone. There's nothing I can do. While it was here, there was hope. But now the baby's gone. I'm moving on with my life. That's basically what he said. That's pretty good. Anyways, it's this, so the next thing that happens, it says... Uh, then David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, concerning this, this loss of this child, and went into her, that's the biblical, you know, the Bible's getting explicit here, so let's be careful, went into her and lay with her, so she bore a son. In other words, she's got this baby, she got pregnant, and he called his name Solomon. This is interesting, which means peace or peaceable. Now imagine, this is where I put, put yourself in David's situation. He has been through a rough season in his life. He has messed up. He's gotten rebuked. You know, he had a prophet to come wear him out, tell him some stuff. Nathan, you know, like just set him up for the kill, man. Did y'all remember that? <laughs> Let me just say. He came and told David this story about this guy had these cows and how they had all these cows and, and the guy next door had maybe one little old calf and that guy had everything. He went over and stole that guy's one little calf. David was, I'm going to get him. <laughs> he deserved something bad. David, you're that man. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, that would be a rough day, wouldn't it? Oh, God, you have set me up. Please forgive me. God will do that occasionally. And God have a sense of humor how he'll get you. He just loves to do that. I'll, I'll get you. I'll show you. He, you may not think you're going to hear God, but he, he has ways of getting to you. He got to David that day. Be careful. God can out-trick any of us. 
I mean, he's very clever. Well, David repented. Thank God he repented. He, you know, went through this whole thing. And so they had this baby like, oh, man, man, we can have some peace finally in our family. Right? We're going to name our baby peaceable. We're finally coming into this place of peace in our lives. Any family would do that, yeah? Anybody would do that if you've been through a season of difficulty and tragic fallings. And I'm just looking for some peace. I just want some rest. I don't need any more of this drama in my life, Lord. Okay, so I'm, I got this baby. I'm prophesying peace for my family. Things are going to be good. A good season, a blessed season's coming now. Guess what? This is crazy. It says he called his name Solomon. Then it says, now the Lord loved him. Speaking of this baby, the Lord loved him. And he sent word by the hand of Nathan the prophet, the same prophet that just a few weeks earlier got Nathan good, okay, or got David good. He was the prophet that the Lord sent to him that tricked him. So he called his name Jedi, Jedi Knight. Isn't that right, Jedi Knight? Isn't that where they got that from? I don't want to hear it. And you know what that means? You know what that name means, Jedi? It means that God loves the beloved of God. Okay? The Lord was saying to David, No! No! His name is not Solomon. His name is I love him. Isn't that cool? You won't feast, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you what this person is. David made a mistake when he named that child Solomon. God named that boy something else. He named him this. He was a Jedi knight. That's what God said. Like Lou Skywalker. You're a Jedi Knight. Because I love you. Okay? And Solomon became the wisest king on the face of the earth. But this is what happened to Solomon. Instead of rejoicing in who God said he was, he began to rejoice in something else. All his wisdom. All his cleverness. All his accomplishments. Guess what happened to him? The last thing we read about Solomon, he's out worshiping some idols of these foreign wives because he wasn't living from his true identity. He wasn't living from, this is who I say you are. I'm telling you right. I don't care who you are. I don't care how wise you are. I don't care what's going on in your life. If you don't get that information And the Lord gave the information. That's the thing. He sent a prophet to say, No! No! Don't do that. You're dooming that boy. Here's who he is. He's my son I love. That's who I say he is. And when Solomon rejoiced in that love, he was successful. And his life went well. But when he began to rejoice in accomplishment and what he did and what people thought of him, he went down the tubes in his life. Because he really shouldn't have been named that. God had another identity for him. Don't you think that's interesting? That's the one little verse in the Bible about that, and then it doesn't say anything else about it again. You know, God doesn't force stuff. He said, this is what I want. This is what I have for him. It wasn't received. The end of the matter is, the last thing the Bible says about Solomon is he'd run off worshiping these foreign gods. I mean, you know, and I think about what Arthur said about Solomon when he was here a couple years ago, Arthur Burke. Solomon ended up on the junk heap of life. That's what he said. Solomon ended up on the junk heap of life. And that's what happens to us. I'm telling you, you and I will end up on the junk heap of life. We may still go to heaven, 
But we, and we may accomplish a lot on this earth. We may write poetry beyond, like the song goes on. We may do all this stuff. But in the end, it really, the, the junk heap of life is, is we're going to go there if we don't really know who God said we are. Because He could have done all that and more, okay, and ended up well. Ended up victorious in his life, like, you know, dying an old man, full of life, blessing his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren, kissing them on the head and speaking life over them. I mean, that would be the way to go. Loving your family and, and, and just dying an honorable death. But because he was not walking in his true identity, he died a, a, a sad death, really. Uh, you know, a terrible end of this a wonderful life. So, what I will... What my desire is for me, and I'm telling you, the Lord would drop the dime when I, out of heaven, and it hit my floor. Okay, I can't explain that because it did come out of the air because they want nobody else in the room. I want to tell you that there was nobody around it. It, it fell in a place where it couldn't have fallen off on something, and that thing hit the floor. And at that moment, I was thinking about who am I? Why am I here? And the Lord is making a promise to people that if we will listen, if we will allow it, He will say to you, He will give you that revelation of your true identity. He will do that for you. He's saying, I want to do that. That's the cross. That's the redemption of mankind. That is really what I want for you. And I believe that with all my heart. I want to come into it more personally, you know, because a lot of it is there's a process that you have to go through once you get the revelation, like Jesus did. He was tested. If you study Peter, you'll find out he went through some bad stuff after he got this revelation, after Jesus told him who he was. He went through some stuff. Okay? I'm not going to pull us out of going through, through stuff, but I am telling you this, if you'll hang on to what he said. Um, that's so, you know, yesterday I was reading uh, about the woman, the Syrophoenician woman, who was uh, begging Jesus to heal her daughter. And Jesus said, mm, can't do it. Not going to do it because the bread is for the children. Remember that? The bread is for the children. And she said, Lord, even the dogs get the crumbs. And this is what Jesus said to her. Because of what you said. Your daughter's healed. Your daughter's delivered. She had a demon, actually. Your daughter's healed and delivered because of what you said. With your mouth. Matthew mentioned forgiveness. Okay? He also said in Mark 11, you can say to this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea, and immediately after that, you know what he talks about? Forgiveness. Because forgiveness will tie up your life in a keep you from being able to, what you say has no authority, has no power on it. It really is. And I think the Lord wants to say that to people. That woman started getting healed when she forgave. And so that's always an in-season word. I want to throw that out at you this morning. You know, that you may be, a lot of us may uh, are not coming into our revelation of who we are, our identity, and why we're here because there's some unforgiveness in our hearts that's locked us up and tied us down. You know, and keeping us from coming in what God has, you know, has for us, and keeping us from coming in to who we are. You know, I think that's really affecting people a lot. And, but I, I want to declare to you this this morning: it is God the Father's intent. 
it is His perfect will. It is one of His highest callings for you to know who you are, who He said you are. And He has make, and He made that all available in Christ. And He wants you to hear that. And you can hear that. Okay? You can hear that. You can rec- and, and receive that. If you, I don't know, you know, it's just going to come, everybody, I can't give you the formula, I just know this. I've seen it in the Bible, I've seen it in other people, and I've seen it in my own life. And there was a marked change. And that's your key for walking in for everything that God has for you in this world and into the next world. Because what we do here is going to affect us, at least initially when we get there when we get to the next world. I think in heaven, you know, because of the Lord's loving kindness and mercy, He didn't lock us in. He, okay, you made it to heaven, but, you know, there's some things you didn't get there, so we're going to teach you that. I've heard about a, I'm just going to say, a, a Baptist guy who went to, to heaven and his job when he got to heaven because he loved teaching the Bible and he loved the Lord. It's what he did. He taught people who didn't know the Lord on earth but, but knew Christ as salvation. He taught them when they got to heaven the things of God so they could go and come into heaven and come into more of what heaven has to offer. Oh, that's really real. And so your identity is really real this morning. It's really something God wants to give you. He wants to answer those questions. Who am I? Why am I here? He wants to say, this is who you are. This is why you're here. This is what I've given you to do. And you know what? One of the great things that will do for you is you can see other people being blessed and coming and stuff, and it doesn't mess with your mind. You know what I'm talking about? It doesn't mess with your mind. You can rejoice. You can rejoice. Because you're not insecure. You're not messed up. You're not grasping. And what, when you see them being blessed, you're like, hey, that's awesome. Give me some of that. I want some of that. You got something. I need that too. I want that. But you're happy, you're comfortable on the inside, you're at rest, you're at peace. No striving. Amen? All right, stand up, I'm going to pray for you. And then Matthew might have a, Matthew will come and close us out. Father, thank you today for, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Thank you for the open heaven, thank you for the Holy Spirit that really does come and settle on us and wants to live his life in us and on us. And that you desire for every person in this room to know who they are. You want to free people from trying to get who they are from other things. You want to free them from trying to get it from their spouse, trying to get it from their family, trying to get it from ministry, trying to get it from professional stuff, trying to get it for any kind of achievement. You want to free them from that folly, and you want to release to them from yourself a personal and real revelation. And all those other things will be such a blessing in our life and not a curse. So I ask you, the Lord, to do that for every person in this room uh, who will allow you to do that at this period in their life. And those who are not ready or won't, don't want to be ready, Lord, I pray that the river of God would bust loose in them and get them ready. That the angels of heaven would visit them and mess with them and mess with them until they would realize, I've got to. I've got to hear the Father. I've got to hear the Lord Jesus say, You are, and this is what you shall do. This is what your life will be. Lord, we all need to hear that. And Lord, when the enemy comes and puts that big word if in our mind, he tries to pull us down. 
we could say, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I don't believe it. This is who Jesus said I was. I'm settled on that. I'm going to live from that. See, in the truest sense, in a practical sense, that really is how you are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Okay? It's believing what He said and believing who He said you are. And when you sit down on that, you have sat down in the heavenly places with Him. And then you can begin to live your life from there and not from down here. And if that works. Amen. It's good, isn't it? Thank you, Lord. So on. We just want to pray for anybody who's in sick in here. The Lord wants to heal you. You know, the Lord wants to set you free.